0: Hi everybody, welcome to Off the Podium. If you're in Model United Nations, you know that a lot of the time us delegates are required to refrain from using personal pronouns and maintain professionalism. Well, this podcast is going to be defying all those rules. We'll be keeping you up to date on parliamentary procedure, as well as informing you on current affairs in realms of politics, entertainment, technology, and science with a simple and casual approach. It's never been more important to stay informed, so we hope you'll keep up with us. So, let's get into it.
1: Hi guys, and welcome back to our podcast. So, today I am just going to give you some resolution writing tips and go over a resolution that we worked on during state, and um, that was passed in our committees as well as the General Assembly. Um, I just think having an example, especially with writing, might help things make more sense, hopefully. Um, so I'm just going to start off with a few tips and then go over a resolution and explain some things along the way. Okay, so resolution writing is like the main part of Model UN. The purpose of having these conferences is to get resolutions passed. That being said, if you're a Group's resolution doesn't pass, don't take it personally because sometimes these things can be unpredictable. Um, it can just be the people in your committee. You know, I've seen well written resolutions not get passed. Like, there will be instances when a person will go up and make an argument and, you know, sound very confident. But if you really dissect the argument, um, it doesn't make that much sense. But, you know, people will just follow along. Uh, so, even if your resolution doesn't get passed, it's not a big deal because you still get the benefits of participating in Model UN. You know, you're learning how to write professional documents and, you know, use professional tone. And you're really applying those critical thinking skills and learning how to work well with others because you're working with a group to form resolutions that address real-world issues. And sometimes you even have to, you know, find ways to compromise on certain things so that the resolution works for everyone. So, you know, getting a resolution passed definitely feels really good and it's an added bonus, but, um, you know, the skills that you learn are really far more important. So for some general tips for the actual writing part, um, make sure that you have more operative clauses than preambulatory clauses because preams kind of just Date the issues um, but the operative clauses really show the solutions so you know you're showing that uh, you are taking initiative to solve these issues rather than just stating that you know oh my god there are so many problems with this you know topic um, and often when you're crunched on time the chair will ask you to skip the preamps and go straight to the operative clauses so definitely make sure that you're spending more time on the operative clauses than the preambulatory ones and um, as for the operative clauses make sure that they're very detailed really think about how you're going to implement the solution um, who's gonna fund it what is it really trying to do you know where are you going to implement it how long is it going to last do you have any goals like what do you want to achieve in five years or ten years These are some things that you might want to think about when forming those operative clauses. And um, really, the biggest tip is to go through the resolution and think about what a person who might be making a con speech might attack and really fix those areas. Um, Usually, the more detailed the operative clauses are, um, the more successful a resolution is. Okay, so um, now I'm going to go through the resolution that I was talking about. Uh, so I'm just going to go through the preams and then kind of go through the thought process of one of the operative clauses just so it isn't too repetitive and, you know, the segment doesn't go on forever. So if you guys want, there will be a link to the document and you guys can look over it as I talk about it. Or if you want, you can look through the entire resolution and look at the other operative clauses. And if you guys have any questions, please text us through our mind you know, or during meetings, just ask us questions about anything that we've talked about. I know Zoom can be um, super awkward, but I'm sure if you guys have any questions, then other people might have them too. These things are kind of hard to understand at first, but um, once it clicks, you'll just realize that it's actually super easy. Uh, So now I'm just going to go through the resolution. So on the top, you have four pieces of information that you have to put. So you have a line for the sponsors. These are the people who are actually writing and drafting the resolution. And these are going to be the people who actually go up to the podium and talk about it. So you want to make sure that you're trying to be a sponsor because it's a great way to participate. And then you have a line for the signatories. Um, So these people are just, you know, they want to see... resolution be debated they do not necessarily have to support it in any way you can just go around during unmod and say like hi our resolution is about x y and z can i put down your country's name as a signatory um and then most likely they will say yes i have not yet encountered anyone who has said no but if for some reason you do just move on to the next person and um it shouldn't be too hard to get enough signatories. Um, and then you have a line for the committee and the topic, which for this one is diminishment of smog and water pollution. I know it's addressing the general committee, um, but that's just because it's a resolution. When you're in your committee, it's a working paper, right? So you're just going to address the committee. So before it's a general committee, it's at the World Health Organization. Okay, so now for the preambulatory clauses. Um, so I'm just going to read them. Alarmed by the augmentation of smog and water pollutants as a threat to the international environment and society. So the thing with preams is that you want to make sure that every single one has a purpose. So for this one, it's just pointing out that it's a global issue and that everyone should care about it. And then it says, regretting the 3 million deaths every year as a result of exposure to outdoor air pollution and 1.4 million annual child deaths from diarrhea. So you wanna make sure that you, know, you have relevant statistics um, that invoke some kind of an emotional response from the audience because they are the ones voting on this resolution. So you want them to care about the issue. And then it says, fully aware uh, reduce water and air pollution will improve productivity and decrease the cost of health care. Now, this one is just, you know, addressing that how addressing this issue is going to have pro- uh, positive impacts. So they should really care about this resolution because it, you know, it's giving solutions to this issue. And then it says... Um, recognizing and respecting the validity of religious and cultural beliefs and concepts in all um, member nations. This is an important one um, because throughout the resolution, you really want to show that you're thinking about what each country is capable of doing and that you care about their sovereignty. The thing with the UN is that they can't force anyone to do anything so make sure that you're doing that, too, because the moment you have like a um, forceful tone, people making the con speeches will start to attack that, and a resolution might not get passed as a result. And then you just have some more important statistics. Understanding that the Agriculture produ- a Production Unit accounts for 33% of the country's economic sector. Deeply disturbed that globally at least 2 billion people use a drinking water source contaminated with feces, and um, the last one, affirming the UN Charter that aims to ensure the quality of life for all across the globe. This is just a reference to a past UN action, and it also shows that, you know, as the United Nations, you kind of have an obligation to um, resolve this issue. Okay, so now we're going to move into the operative clauses. So you start off by numbering them, and then for each one, you start off with the verb. So I'm just going to go through the first one. So one urges the implementation of a research um, and responsible practices database that grants access to all UN member nations. So the first part is just like a uh, topic sentence. So it gives a general overview of what this solution is going to tackle, and then you're going to have a sub and then each sub that you have is just going to describe the previous clause in more detail. So you have part A provides this pollution research to developing countries that cannot afford investment in such research. So look at how one, it's not forcing anyone to do anything. It's just saying that, you know, we're going to have this database that any UN nation can have access to. And they can use it as they see fit. And two, it's taking into account that, you know, it's taking into account what each country is going to be able to do. Um, If it had urged every country to, you know, put $100 million into research, then that's not feasible. And um, people would start to attack that in their con speeches. And then you have another subclass. Um, So, Roman numeral one. Encourages governments to funnel this research into other centralized institutions of education, advocacy, and infrastructure. So this one just goes into more detail about what the database can be used for. And again, it's not forcing anyone to do anything. So the main idea for this part of the resolution was, you know, educating people. But we can't just state that. Um, We need to talk about how we're going to do it. So we do a database. And then we need to get into, you know, what can it be used for? And so the next part states, you know, what kind of information it's going to include. And then another important part that it says is that it's saying that the countries that are capable to do research should do it. So it's not putting any kind of, you know, developing countries at any um, disadvantage. So B just states database includes credible research provided by capable countries, and then one, waste management techniques, two, biopesticides and other replacement to pesticides, three, education of primary sector agricultural practices in ways such as but not limited to, and so it just um, lists the practices, so like information regarding the slash and burn um, practice and the negative effect or, you know, teaching the rural populations about the science of crop rotational practices, educating the farmers um, and then informing the population about, you know, the repercussions of not having proper techniques. So it's just saying that, you know, if we educate the farmers about alternate techniques, then that can have a positive impact and then, you know, they might change their ways. However, if the operative clause was just about, you know, we're going to introduce these different um, practices and force them to implement them, then, you know, it's like you're forcing them to change everything. So it's not going to work and it's probably not going to get passed.
0: Thank you Sneha for those amazing tips, now let's get into some news. This is the week of October 11th. There is a new documentary that is claiming to expose how North Korea evades international sanctions. The film, called The Mole, was developed by a Danish filmmaker who says that he conducted a three-year operation to figure out how North Korea manages to dodge international law and spent 10 years working on this film. North Korea has been under UN sanctions since 2006 because of their nuclear interests and in general the country has been extremely elusive, so to see North Korean officials on film is definitely unprecedented. A key aspect that stood out to political officials was North Korea's involvement with international embassies. The main premise of the film was to get undercover characters to convince North Korean officials to sign fake arms deals to see the inner workings of their agreements. The main character slowly works his way up, eventually building an established relationship with North Korean government officials. The founder and president of the Korean Friendship Organization, or KFA, is Alejandro Khan de Benos and is known as the gatekeeper of North Korea. While the creator of the film claims the film to just be funny, grotesque, and at times barely credible, former coordinator of the UN panel of experts on North Korea says the film is actually highly credible and that many elements of the film do correspond to what we know about the regime. So maybe it is worth it to give this film a chance. This weekend, tennis player Rafael Nadal won the French Open finals against Novak Djokovic, making this his 13th French Open title and 20th Grand Slam title. This is also the same number of Grand Slam titles that his top competitor Roger Federer holds. And this match also marks Novak Djokovic's first loss of 2020, not including his defaulted match in the U.S. Open against Pablo Carreno Busta last month. Tennis experts actually expected Djokovic to win this match against Nadal, seeing as some of his matches in the Open have been against tougher opponents than Nadal. While Nadal is known for his superior performance on the clay courts at the French Open and holds the name King of the Clay, the COVID-19 pandemic has prevented the players from their usual amount of preparation on these types of courts. The tournament is also usually held in June with the warmer weather, so Nadal even said that this was the toughest test he had ever faced at the Roland Garros or the French Open. Nadal started the match with precise shots and clean returns. On the rare occasions that Nadal made mistakes, even Djokovic seemed to be surprised and he addressed Nadal after the match saying, today you showed why you are the king of the clay and I experienced it with my own eyes. for listening to this episode make sure you tune in next week for the next episode and we'll see you then bye